This podcast is brought to you by Thrive Market, the online shopping club for people who care about healthy foods at a great discount price and the convenience of ordering from your home and ship nationally for free. You never have to pay full price for healthy food again. Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash MDA like Mark's Daily Apple and start your free two-month trial and get 15% off your first order. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, introducing your host, Mark Sisson. Hey, it's Mark Sisson here at the Primal Blueprint Studios in beautiful Malibu. Uh, Recently, we launched Don't Just Sit There, the program from Katie Bowman and Brad Kearns and myself that had to deal with, uh, had to do with the workplace and how you maximize and optimize your experience in the workplace, staying fit and healthy. And I thought it would be appropriate that we have somebody on today who has actually been um, employing some of these strategies and having great results in the workplace. And she's somebody that most of you know, but um, I'm going to introduce her anyway. Today we have Stacy Toth. Along with her husband, Matthew, she's become one of the most recognized family-friendly paleo authorities while blogging on her website, paleoparents.com. Through her popular blog, podcast, features in national publications, and top-selling books, Stacy has become one of the most influential players in the paleo community. And today, five years after successfully losing over 100 pounds from following an ancestral health lifestyle, she's here to share some of her tips for maintaining a healthy body while working in the modern corporate culture. Now, many of you might say, whoa, wait a minute, how can you even do that? Well, we'll find out today. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Wow, thanks, Mark. That um, I'm extremely blushing <laughs> hearing you say such nice things. So thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. No, it's a pleasure. I'm trying to think, when was the last time we saw each other? It's been a while. Uh, I did, were you at Paleo Effects? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we were both busy, but we both saw each other. I know we did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good. And um, how are the boys? Uh, everybody's really great. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's always one of the things I'm, I've been most drawn uh, to you about is your your approach to the whole the whole family lifestyle of paleo, and um, you're incorporating a true paleo primal approach to how you feed the kids, how you feed Matthew. Um, now it's in the workspace. I love hearing that. We're going to talk about that today. So. Um, for, for those of our listeners who haven't heard your story, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into your current ancestral health lifestyle. Sure. So as you said, it was over five years ago after the birth of our third son that we just happened upon um, paleo. And at the time, there weren't the resources and the blogs that there are today. Um, so it took a little investigation and figuring out what that meant and how we wanted to employ it. Um, I went uh, and removed a lot of the inflammatory foods associated with the ancestral lifestyle. Um, And within two weeks um, was getting the rest of the family on board. Uh, My 
sons all have health changes associated, positive health changes associated with going to the um, originally paleo. And now we're really living more of a primal lifestyle because we've incorporated high quality dairy back in. But um, it, moving towards that, that lifestyle, they went off of, for example, my oldest used to have to take a daily inhaler and my middle son had eczema so bad that they wanted to put him on a steroid prescription. And um, my, then my baby son came out and he had absolutely no ailments. He didn't even have, you know, colic or anything like that because I was breastfeeding him exclusively from paleo foods. And, you know, he slept through the night. He never had diaper rash, um, acid reflux, all the things that the older boys had always had. And we kind of realized that there was something to um, how amazingly this was nourishing our family. And we wanted to share and spread that message. Um, it, it was nerve wracking at first to come out and say like, my family's on a diet, <laughs> but, um, you know, over the years, you know, we learned to kind of frame it for people in the sense of, you know, we don't eat those foods. We're intolerant to those foods. Um, we avoid things that are inflammatory. And of course we live an 80, 20 lifestyle, although we stay exclusively gluten-free because I'm celiac and I'm pretty sure that at least one of my sons is, um, from the way that he reacts to foods. So we stay a hundred percent gluten-free all the time. But you know, when it's birthdays or whatever it is, um, we, we try to show the world that you can have health and you can have normalcy and you can, you know, um, employ these lifestyle factors when it's not just you as a single person, mm -hmm. which is, what, um, a lot of the perception around the community. Um, the belief is, you right. know, that, it's just single people. So. Now, when you have those birthdays, I mean, are you doing a little bit of cake or are you doing an, an alternative type of cake? Um, it just depends, I think. I mean, some sometimes we don't do a cake or we'll make like grain-free cupcakes ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then other times we'll go to the gluten-free bakery and get a gluten-free cake. I mean, it, it really just depends on kind of the decision that the kids want to make. Um, we employ a lot of empowerment decisions. So... When we go out to eat, they have the choice to kind of eat things, even though they know that it might upset their stomach or not make them feel their best. Um, they're allowed to make those choices for themselves. There's a very small list of things that are like permanently off the list just because of how negatively it affects their bodies. And I don't want them to be sick again um, in terms of like long term health ailments. But sometimes for their birthday um, or, you know, we go out to eat or whatever it is and they they'll make a decision to eat a piece of cake or um, I don't know, like gluten free bread on instead of a bunless burger. You know, those are the choices that they they make. And I really genuinely feel after having gone through this for five years and, and now having a child that's double digits, which is a little hard to swallow this <laughs> year, um, that that empowerment in that choice making really lends itself to them making much better choices the majority of the time. Because I, my concern was always that they were going to get to a certain age and then really push back and fight and rebel against, you know, us being too restrictive. So mm -hmm. I've, I've found success in, you know, really empowering and encouraging them to make good choices and teaching them what the healthy choices are so they know, you know, what, why and how. But then, you know, it's their bodies and it's their choices. So uh, less so for the five-year-old, but still, you know, he he's able to communicate what his wants are and we're able to kind of say back to him, you know, some suggested choices and he'll choose from one of the choices. Um, that kind of thing really empowers the children. 
That's fantastic. And it, it sounds like um, a, a good, I won't even say compromise because it just seems like good parenting. It just seems like, it, like as you say, empowering the kids to make good choices, but, but doing so with a knowledge base, which is basically what we're all trying to accomplish anyway, is, you know, we, we want to be able to make choices in life that serve us well in the short term and don't harm us in the long term, but we still want to enjoy life. So we sort of have to, you know, combine the, um, the knowledge of what this stuff might do in the short term and, and, and cause, you know, issues with pain or whatever, um, and sort of temper that with, uh, the, the experience of life in, a, in, in real time, in the moment, you know, enjoyment of a bite here or a taste of something there. Uh, it sounds like you've got that pretty, pretty nicely dialed in. I applaud you for that. Well, thanks. I mean, I don't, I don't even pretend to be perfect. I mean, sometimes, as you know, um, we have parenting moments where we're like, I can't believe anyone ever listens to us. Like today is just a nightmare. Right. But then other days, um, you know, we had dinner with, um, the producers of the revolution food movie. And my oldest son actually goes to a farm camp every summer where they teach him how to farm. And, um, he does things like pick what they call bad bugs off of plants and then feeds them to the chickens. And so they learn the cycle of how to keep the plants clean and all this stuff. And, um, my son was like talking to the movie producers in a very eloquent way where he, you know, was able to really articulate and understand all of this stuff about how it worked and why this was important for the environment and for the earth and for the food that we eat. And then I, you know, I had one of those opposite parenting moments where I'm just like gloating, like, mm. yep, this is my kid. He's really cool. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so great. That's so great. So I know today we wanted to talk about something really specific, and that is your use of a treadmill desk to help optimize your fitness. Yeah. When, so when and where did you first hear about this concept? So, uh, I mean, contrary to what a lot of people think, I mean, for those people that um, tangentially are aware of Matt and I, I have a full-time job. I am very much uh, in a corporate environment. I am in a very traditional office environment and um, I am in the, in the management leadership team. So I am not you know, there's scrutiny on my office and people come and visit and have meetings and all that kind of stuff. And so um, for years, I had a treadmill desk at home for when we blogged and podcasted. And um, I did a standing desk at the office, maybe like starting two years ago. And I found difficulty with the standing desk um, insofar as, you know, I would wear heels or um, boots in the wintertime and things like that to the office. And I didn't, I wasn't comfortable standing all day long. And so, um, it was never something that I really pushed the envelope on as far as wanting to bring in a treadmill desk, because I found myself frankly sitting more than I was standing at the office. Now, granted, I was standing maybe, you know, four hours out of the eight or nine that I was there. But, um, I, you know, just started with standing and, and felt kind of comfortable with that and then used the, the treadmill desk at home. And then I um, actually had an injury while I was lifting and um, was not able to sit. I had a compressed spine and hip injury from um, not being very smart in the gym. And so I found that it was extremely difficult to sit. And um, I decided to bring in the treadmill desk to the office because I was literally not being productive sitting. I, I couldn't make it past 2 or 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I was in excruciating pain. When I would stand up, my back was killing me. And it was my body's way of saying, like, you really need to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. um, 
So by bringing in the treadmill desk, I didn't give myself a choice to sit. I literally just like replaced my desk. Um, so there's no chair or anything there. And, um, what was really amazing to me that I feel like people need to understand is how much easier it was than I thought it was going to be. And I think that there's, there's a variety of factors that go into that ease. But for me, it was, first of all, it was more comfortable to walk than it was to stand in terms of the pressure on my joints and like how tired my feet would get. There's, um, there's movement with walking that alleviated some of the tension that would come from standing all day long, which isn't something I expected. I expected it to be worse rather than easier. And the, the other thing that I get from people all the time is that, you know, they don't, they can't possibly fathom walking while they're working. Um, but I read technical documents for a living. Like I, I, I'm like a lawyer, essentially. I read contractual documents all day long. There's nothing more boring than like reading these technical documents that I read. And I'm able to do it in great detail while I'm walking. And I think that it's important for people to understand that these things are possible because even with a treadmill desk in my home for several years, it wasn't something that I thought I could do. And so now that I am doing it and it's going so well for me, I don't have back pain. I don't um, have difficulty working. And also it's motivating the rest of the office to be healthier and, and move because several people have now gotten stand-up desks and all these kinds of things because they're like, well, if this person's doing it, then I'm, I feel less weird about doing it, which is a really great um, snowball effect overall. No, of course. I have a, a bunch of questions. That spring from that. <laughs> sure. uh, no, it's fine. Um, it's interesting that you start um, by assuming that it was going to be work to walk and more work to walk than to stand. And yet what we've seen, and we have treadmill desks at uh, the Primal Blueprint offices here, and any new employer, any employee that comes in um, is given an opportunity. I'm not, I don't force it on them, but they're given an opportunity to have a, a treadmill desk at their desk. And uh, it's really interesting because the first assumption is, well, won't I be out of breath if I'm, if I'm taking a phone call? Uh, won't, I, uh, won't my typing be affected because I'm moving so much? But uh, we, we sort of feel that the magic number here is 1.7, um, and that is 1.7 miles an hour. So what sort of speed are you going at? That's a little faster than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a grandma 1.2 usually. Mm -hmm. um, I've got, I mean, I'll go faster if I'm just doing emails or um, kind of what I would think of as lighter load work. Mm -hmm. But when I really need to, most of my day really is um, reading detailed documents. Um, usually in the, in the 1.2 range works really well for me. Right. And, it's, and, and just to be clear to the audience, this isn't about burning calories. This is about movement. Yeah. You know, so it's not like, oh, my God, I, I you know, I'm going 1.2 miles an hour. I only burned, you know, 117 calories today. It, it, it's almost immaterial, the calories that you burn. Well, I would I, I, I think it's important also to note that that's 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 another misnomer. Like I thought that just because I was walking so slow that I was burning low calories. But the treadmill desk that I use actually allows you to put in like your body weight and then based on the speed that you're walking and how much you're walking, it'll tell you an estimate of how many calories you've burned. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm averaging about 750 calories. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, um, so how many miles a day are you doing? Um, usually between like three to six. I mean, okay. I try, I, tr my minimum is two and a half. Like I, I tell myself no matter how many meetings I have or what I have going on, like I have to hit two and a half. Um, and usually I, I hit about five. And those are great numbers. And I'm so, so we're going to sort of, get stuck on this point a little bit because I, I, I agree that, you know, burning, you're, you're consuming or burning these calories 
um, up to 500, maybe 600, maybe 700 a day. Uh, I'm just suggesting that that if that's the main reason that you're going to have a uh, tread desk or a treadmill at your desk, there are a lot easier ways to burn a lot of calories. But this, for me, has always just been about moving through space during the daytime. It's about it really is about, and that's don't get me wrong. That's making your body work. That's making making your allowing your body, not making it, allowing your body to do what it wants to do, which is move, and it burns calories in the process. But um, my my particular point of view would be, oh gosh, if I you know if I if I go for two hours and I'm doing you know 1.5 miles an hour or whatever, and I've only you know earned uh, a brand muffin. Uh, it's a little, little discouraging, you know. But, <laughs> that's not what I would choose. Yeah, to earn. yeah no, exactly. I'm just saying that's what, but that's what a lot of people in the workplace would say. You know, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be healthy. I'm going to I'm going to earn a brand muffin. Yeah, uh, not a donut, but a but a whatever. So, um, yeah. So it's it's just uh, I think it's just perspective on uh, the the whole calorie thing. Uh, but certainly the movement is is critical. Hi, listeners. It's Brad Kearns to talk to you more about Thrive Market. And boy, this is a favorite subject of mine, shopping online, because it's so convenient. You can navigate to the exact products you want so easily, quickly. You make better purchasing decisions. And with Thrive Market, they do a lot of the homework for you because they put up only the healthiest, highest quality food products you can find at fantastic discount prices. It's really like Costco meets Whole Foods online. And this is a shopping club, so you pay a moderate annual membership and get all the kinds of foods and groceries you want for 50% off retail prices and always ship for free anywhere in the country. And they have great filters, so you can put things like paleo, gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, organic, fair trade into the search engine and find the exact products that you desire. They even have the best non-toxic household products, beauty, pet, and baby products in the market. So you're sitting down, you're going shopping, you're having fun, and then you open up this wonderful box of only the very highest quality food products and household products you can find. What's cool about Thrive is they have a nice mission. They have a charitable cause. So for every paid annual membership, they donate a free membership to a low-income family, teacher, or military family. Now... If you want to join the movement, go to thrivemarket.com and check it out. Scroll around. I know you'll be excited when you first land there and see all the cool products that you're familiar with at those super high prices sometimes at quality, healthy markets. But when you go to thrivemarket.com, the prices are slashed. And for listening to the podcast, you get a special deal of a two-month free trial. So you don't have to pay that annual membership until you're convinced that you're going to be a Thrive customer and you get 15% off your first order. Two-month free trial, 15 off your first order. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com forward slash MDA, like Mark's Daily Apple. Go check out thrivemarket.com. You will love it. Almond butter, super cool trail mixes, primal kitchen mayo, dark chocolate, and more. Um, what I want to know, though, is like, what did you have to do with management and HR? To, uh, to, to be allowed to have a treadmill desk. And like in some of these places that I know about here, they'd go, well, I hope you brought enough for everybody, you know? So, <laughs> yes, it was, um, it was a situation. <laughs> um, specifically, I brought my own. I didn't ask for my employer to pay for it. Um, and I, I also specifically had an injury that they knew was preventing me from sitting. And I had been out of work um, several days and been le- leaving the office early. And I just went to HR and I said, I can go get a doctor's note if you need me to, but I already have one of these from home. So if you guys 
would feel comfortable with it. I'm just going to bring it myself and put it at my office and you don't have to do anything with it. And they said, no, that's totally fine. You go ahead and do that. Um, I think that for people that maybe don't have an injury or can't get a doctor's note, the one concern that um, I hear pretty frequently is that there's a workman's comp concern from a lot of a larger corporation HR departments. And um, there are some branding and marketing materials online from a variety of vendors that you can get treadmill desks from um, that will allow you to kind of bring marketing material, so to speak, to your employer as justification for why it's good for them that you have a treadmill desk. Um, you know, everything from reduced health costs to improved productivity, um, things like that are, are really good um, in terms of selling from a corporate corporate perspective. Unfortunately, in the state of Virginia, where I live, you can't waive your workman's comp rates. So if your employer does have an, um, a workman's comp concern, i.e. they're afraid you're going to fall down on your tread desk and then sue them or, or, you know, need to be out of work for a long time on their dime. Um, I don't, I don't yet have a good answer for that, but yeah, I just, I just openly communicated. I, I guess I'm, I'm lucky in that aspect. No, it sound, I mean, it sounds like you're lucky. On the other hand, it sounds like uh, your employer's lucky to uh, to have an employee who wants to work who could otherwise be getting disability if they were really playing by the workers' comp rules. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Uh, now, uh, you talk about other, other workers have stand-up desks at your office. Is that, are stand-up desks sort of allowed and de-regard yeah. or, or so new to the company after I um brought in my treadmill desk several employees went to HR asking if they would do standing desks and the um employer actually purchased several standing desks to have for employees within the office and um there's maybe like half a dozen people using them now that they're not even bringing them in themselves like the employer was willing to get these standing desks because of material that is readily available, you know, on, um, through your stuff, as well as just, I mean, general internet <laughs> information in terms of how terrible standing, I mean, a uh, sitting is for people. And so by bringing this material to the employer and saying, Hey, you know, you could invest in this relatively inexpensive standing desk for me. And this is what science is saying will improve. Um, the employer was willing to do that for them. Very cool. Yeah. So what does your schedule look like at work? Are you, are you walking nine to five? Are you break it up? Are you sitting ever? So um, I go to meetings. I sit in meetings. <laughs> I'm not, um, I'm not completely not pacing around. Exactly. The boardroom. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not yet complete on the, on the weird wagon, but um, yeah. So I would say, um, I think the time that I usually actually walk is about four hours. Um, that depends on how many meetings I have. Um, and sometimes if I take phone calls, I actually don't walk on the desk um, because I can't, I know people can hear it. Not that I'm out of breath, but because like you can actually hear the treadmill going. Mm -hmm. So if I'm on, if I have phone calls or um, phone co conference calls in my office, I turn it off and just use it as a standing desk. So um, I find that it's it's usually around half my day that I spend physically walking. And then the other half of my day, I'm either using it as a standing desk or going to meetings and stuff like that where I'm mm -hmm. physically not in my office. Right. So is your back better? My back is getting better. Um, 
well, so compared to when I was sitting, it's night and day. Um, but I, I have some, some long-term bone stuff that I'm working through. And, um, part of that, part of that improvement is the fact that I'm not sitting. So I've, you know, I'm not yet deadlifting 400 pounds again, unfortunately, but, um, I am at least able to function without pain, which is really great. By the way, you say, unfortunately, like it's like, it's like deadlifting uh, 400 pounds is, is a good thing. It necessarily. is. I love, I love lifting and it's been really hard to be injured and not do it, but I'm trying yeah. to, um, I'm, I'm trying to employ the smart uh, mechanisms that we tell people to do all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. I have to actually physically recover and give myself time and, and yeah, for sure. Stuff. So what are some, what are your workarounds now for training, uh, outside the, outside the workplace? Um, so I'm walking. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Um, no, I'm just doing some mobility stuff that, um, the, the chiropractor that I'm seeing is working with me on a lot of body weight activity, like air squats and, um, side lunches and, um, some, some things that won't aggravate the particular injury that I have, but Mm -hmm. that can also give me some mobility improvement. It's interesting. Um, you know, we started our whole stand up desk, uh, revolution here at Primal Blueprint when the editor, uh, of Mark's Daily Apple hurt his back deadlifting. Interesting. And that's, I mean, that's how I got into stand-up desks because he, same thing, he couldn't come to work and sit. He could only stand. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was cardboard boxes for the longest time until we started to really get into this and and start getting some of the cool new uh, actual standalone stand-up desks as well as the retrofitted ones like Very Desk. But Mm -hmm. um, no, Aaron's been standing ever since. I mean, he's back heeled and he's fine. He's not doing any more deadlifting, but he's you know, it was really the, that was how he was able to continue to work when he could have been following the normal procedure when you have a, it wasn't even a workplace injury. It was just an injury yeah. that happened in the gym, but you know, bed rest for a month or whatever. And, and you know, all that does is lead you further down that path. So exactly. I've always been of the opinion that the more that you can do and not aggravate uh, whatever it is that's, that's ailing you, um, probably the better off you are. If you can, again, if you can work without, without pain and and work around it and, and, and work a balanced sort of routine so that you identify what was the cause of the problem in the first place and, uh, and fix it either through PT or through, um, just having a great trainer who can show you how to, you know, how to move the right way. Yeah, I agree. So, um, other things, uh, other ways in which, uh, the treadmill desk has enhanced your health and fitness. So I, I will say that the um, first two weeks that I used my treadmill desk, I lost 10 pounds. So I know that it's not about calories and that wasn't my goal with using it. I'm, I'm much more interested in um, using it as a mechanism to help heal myself. And also I find it incredibly productive. Like I'm, you know, there's no dilly dallying and surfing on the internet when you're standing or walking and uncomfortable, like it really keeps me focused, but Um, I was really surprised that I did lose weight and that's why I started seeing how many calories I was burning because I couldn't, I I was shocked. I've been, um, plateaued at my weight for about four years after, as you said, losing over hundred pounds. And so, um, it has not continued. (laughs) I would, I don't know for me, I would say, unfortunately, but really I'm not, I don't really care about my weight anymore at this point, which is an odd thing to say, but, um, it was fascinating to me that I did have that initial surge. And I think for, for someone who is interested in being more fit, it clearly was helping my metabolism and um, kind of getting things moving in my body. And, you know, 
it's, it's always, um, an ancestral health podcast when you talk about bodily functions, but <laughs> you know, like it, it also helped keep me more regular. Like I, I, not that I was having problems, but I think in general, like that movement and activity, especially for people that are sitting at a desk, you know, for me, I have a very long work day. I almost never work eight hours. So I would be sitting at, in my car on my way to work and then at work and then on my car on the way home from work, mm -hmm. probably about 12 hours. So, you know, for me to go from sitting all that time to now I'm exclusively, you know, standing or walking that time, I, my body is responding really positively, not just from a perspective of, you know, my back or not just from the perspective of weight loss or, or just on focus. It's, it's all these great things that I can immediately kind of point to and say, wow, this, my body is responding really well to this and I feel really great. So. No, I mean, I mean, you hit upon things like, you know, um, the motility of the gut and regularity, you know, um, and people think, well, you know, isn't that just from eating fiber? No, it's from moving. It's from moving throughout the day. And, and, uh, um, when you sit all day and you're, and you're, like you've said, you've up to 12 hours a day, you know, the, the, the colon doesn't get the motility and mobility that it requires to, to get things moving along. So that would be an added benefit. Um, other forms of mobility, just in general, like, you know, like your, your range of motion, I suspect would be increased from walking, just from walking. I mean, you don't need to be exerting yourself tremendously to get the benefits of, of exercise. And that's, you know, back to my point about, I think walking is still one of the best things anyone can do. Yeah, absolutely. And at my office, what I realized was, um, there was sort of a, a feeling of a relief when people would say, well, the best thing about the treadmill or tread, tread desk in this case is I don't have the workout hanging over my head at the end of the day. You know, I finished up my, my, my work ends at five or five fifteen or whatever. And then I've got to drive home and change clothes and go to the gym. Well, that's not, that's no longer hanging over your head because you actually did some work during the day that counted almost as, as much as a workout would. Uh, and yet you accomplished, you were basically multitasked. You accomplished it while you were doing other things. So yeah, you can go to the gym if you want to, but, but if you choose not to, it's fine. It's okay. You know, you've, you don't have to dread leaving the office and then, you know, having to go to the gym and do all of, all of that routine when you've at the very least accomplished a lot of walking in a day. Absolutely. And, um, Matt, actually, we both got um, Apple watches or you could do the same thing with a Fitbit or whatever. There's, a, you know, an activity tracker. And um, we've been competing with who can actually do more activity points. And he's home all day long. All the boys are in school now. So he, he goes for like bike rides to the grocery store. We live in suburbia. So a bike ride to the grocery store is, <laughs> is like not a short bike ride. Mm -hmm. And he'll, he'll do different kinds of activities in order to try to get as many activity points as me, even though I'm in the office all day long. And when it rains, I always win. So that's super exciting. <laughs> Spousal competition for, you know, for fitness points. You got to keep, you got to keep things fresh and you've been married this long. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's, that's one way to do it. That's, but it's, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. So, um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to try and go to their boss and suggest putting a, a, a debt or a treadmill walking desk, whatever you want to call it in their office space? So I would say definitely if you're injured, get a doctor's note because there's no argument there. But if you're not, um, I, 
I would recommend encouraging getting one for the general office space and less about one person in particular. I read some really great articles online that I actually showed to my employer trying to get them to get more treadmill desk for the whole office um, where large companies had put like two or three in a main communal area where people could come in and use them um, for periods of time. And the um, article talked about how the employer themselves found that to be really successful. So from the perspective of the business, they're hearing about why this is a good investment. Um, I think that's a really smart tactic when people are trying to figure out how they can get something they want, no matter what it is, it's always convincing the other person why it benefits them. Um, so the more that people can do that, the better. And I think even if your employer won't pay for it, getting yourself a standing desk of some kind, I mean, you can build your own. There's a ton of like, you know, information marks program, all kinds of stuff about how you can, you know, uh, make your own or different products you can buy to just put it basically on top of your regular desk, which is what I used to do. Mm -hmm. But I, I will say that I find the walking so much more comfortable than when I had the standing desk. I found myself um, standing for about 45 minutes to maybe an hour and 15 before my body would really tire of standing. And then I would sit for 20 to 30 minutes before I'd get back up and stand. But with the treadmill desk, I just vary between standing and walking. And I find that I never want to sit. Um, so. All right. Are you wearing, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Or are you going barefoot? So I've invested in a lot of flat shoes since I got the treadmill desk, but at first I was changing into sneakers. So I just kept a pair of sneakers in my office and then I would change into them. And now I've kind of switched out a lot of my footwear to just be flats. So like if you're a woman, ballet flats or it's boot season now. So I got some flat boots. Um, if you can wear sneakers, uh, I would obviously, or minimal shoes recommend something like that. But um, that's worked really well for me. Cool. I mean, so you're not you're not recommending barefoot only because of the nature of the workplace or because you don't think walking barefoot on the treadmill would serve you as well. I must have really sensitive feet because when I had it at home and did barefoot after about 40 minutes, it would like wear the skin on my feet. Mm. So I think I'm like I have super sensitive feet, but um I've, I've done minimal shoes on, on it with no problem. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a, the tennis shoes that I use at the office are minimal shoes. Right. So I think it's just whatever someone's most comfortable walking in. Right. Uh, and sweating. Are you, you're not working enough to work up a sweat, right? Not an issue. I have actually gotten misty a couple of times and that's when I get up to like the, you know, the higher, uh, speeds and mm -hmm. when I'm just like emailing or whatever, but I just slow down or I pause the treadmill, you know, if I want to kind of cool down and my body adjusts really quickly. Like it's, it's just walking, you know, right, right. <laughs> just like if you go on a walk in your neighborhood and you hit a hill and you, you know, take it pretty fast, you can, you can get a little misty, but it's not like you're going to be drenched in, in drenched, sweat. Yeah, need, yeah. They need, need a shower sweat yeah. for the next meeting. Yeah. Um, uh, and I suppose you could put a fan on your desk or whatever, if it were even an issue yeah. at all. Right? Yeah. Cool. Anything else we need to talk about regarding this uh, very cool concept of a treadmill in the workplace? No, I think, I just think it's really great that you're spreading the word. And I just, I want to reemphasize to people that even if you're doubting that you think it's not for you or that it's not a good fit for your, your lifestyle or your work environment, 
to really give it some thought and see if you can make it work or, um, you know, try just a standing desk at first to see how that goes. I was really genuinely surprised at how much I liked it and also how much the entire office environment kind of quickly went from what I anticipated to be, oh, there's Stacy being weird again because they all know that I eat weird food and <laughs> like all kinds of stuff. So here I am bringing... You eat weird food. You eat good food. Yeah. yeah. Well, from their perspective, <laughs> know, I'm a yeah. weirdo already, you know? So um, to see them go from what I anticipated was catching a lot of flack to to a lot of people being really interested and, and wanting to do it themselves was a, a super nice surprise. And um, so don't don't be afraid. Give it a shot if it's something you're even mm-hmm. tangentially thinking about. No erosion of the power hierarchy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Stacy. how can people uh, reach out to you and find out more about you at, at uh, paleoparents.com? Yeah, everything's linked on paleoparents from, from our books to I have several podcasts to anything that people would want to, to find. It's all on paleoparents.com. Awesome. Really appreciate your being with us here today and, and telling us this story and uh, regaling us with the benefits of... Uh, treadmill walking. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you at whatever next event that might be. So yeah, thanks for joining us, Stacey. Thanks for having me, Mark. It was great to talk with you. All right, you too. This is Mark Sisson signing out from Primal Blueprint Podcast Studios in beautiful Malibu.